the Asylum Podcast uh, for everything that's big in the world of geek this week. Uh, joining us as ever are Asylum's uh, incredible editors and Philip War, who's more of just a. <laughs> what, why? You might go hello. Hang on. Yeah, drifter. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Ali, and uh, as Ollie's mentioned, I write for Asylum. Hi, I'm Philippa. I used to write for Asylum and then they never got rid of me. Yes! And I'm Ollie, um, and that's, that's, that's all there is to it, right? Um, today, uh, we're going to be talking about horror films uh, with the imminent release of The Human Centipede 2, which I've already seen. What? Yeah. Um, via nefarious means. That's not true. Perfectly legitimate means. <laughs> um, uh, and whether 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 they're engaged in a sort of race to the bottom. Hmm. Um, basically, I, I don't know if you've seen Human Centipede One. Uh, I dodged that bullet. Yeah. Ooh, my boyfriend received it as a birthday present, but his friend had photoshopped the cover, so instead of the Human Centipede, it was the very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Uh, the adaptation no one expected. I just wait. I can't wait for the kid to find it and be like, "Oh my god, oh, this yeah. is my favorite book. I've made a DVD of it." <laughs> What's happening? Is this a Pixar movie? Maybe we should have given that out as a Halloween trick or treat. You're a anyway. cool woman. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. So, um, if you missed the moral outrage that came the first time with um, what was it? Human Centipede One. Um, basically, it's a film, a Dutch English collaboration uh, about a doctor who creates a human centipede by stitching uh, people's mouths to other people's anuses. Yeah. Um, it's not that high a concept. I, I was sort of, um, I didn't quite understand why everyone was so obsessed about it. Can you explain to me why everyone was so obsessed about it? I think it was poo. People are scared of poo. <laughs> just think, yeah, beating I think, yeah, people were just kind of worried that if they watched it, then they would somehow be tainted by it, and like, what kind of a person makes somebody else eat poo? That kind of thing. I think it's just a horrible situation, and just a horrible idea. That's you think that's a horrible? The, the new one is. Isn't it, it takes. It's incredible. It's an homage. Yeah, to no, the yeah, first no. One. It is. It's, 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 it's meta. Yeah, it's all it's all meta in that sort of tragic way that everything tries to be these days. Yeah. Um, so basically, films yeah, have a lot to answer for. It opens with the guy sat there, this guy sat there watching the original film at work, uh, then he decides to create his own one um, with no medical expertise whatsoever, he works, in a, he works in a garage and was molested as a child, uh, collects 12 sort of people, including the actress from the original film, who he decides is going to be the head of this um, <laughs> caterpillar. Um, if, You've got to feel special if you get to be the the head of the character. <laughs> yeah. The, what's, what's incredible is just how graphic it is. Like, slashing of tendons so people can't run away. Uh, is this the one where they chop out the kneecaps? Or is that the first no, one? No, the first one, I think. Um, it's just... Spoilers. It's just <laughs> grotesque. Yeah, horrendous. Spoilers. Human said to me, too, is horrible. Yeah. You're <laughs> going to be upset about it. There is... The most upsetting moment is there's a pregnant woman in it. Uh, spoilers. Um, <laughs> and I'm just not cool with pregnancy. Just, no, I mean, and she, she escapes um, and gives birth to her child in the footwell of a car while she's been chased. And then the baby falls under the pedal and she crushes its head. 
which is just fucked, like, on so many levels. But then, you know, there's like that, there's the redeeming end of it. It's going to ruin the film for you if you want to see it. If you want to see it, there's something wrong with you. Um, but if you are going to see it, if you know. the first one and you want to see it, there's something very wrong with you. <laughs> just skip forward 20 seconds. Um, basically, you know, it's all a dream. It cuts back. He's just watching the first film again. You know, and you don't know whether it all happened or whether it was oh, just him. Fuck you! Yeah. No, let me get this straight. It's it was all a dream. They yeah. The, the, what, the, the, the labyrinth ending. ending. <laughs> yeah. You kidding? Yeah. There's this part with um, what's his name in a codpiece as well, David Bowie in a codpiece. It's pretty weird. That doesn't happen. That'd be yeah. amazing. That'd redeem the whole film. I just I can't get over how. Mm. So is the question. Why was this one so outrageous, or why was everyone so offended, or is it more just, I just like... I want to see what are the grossest moments that you can think of in that you've seen on screen, and then, then we're going to try and decide whether the outrage is... Justified or not. Yeah, basically. And if horror movies are sort of engaged in a race to the bottom, a bottom of depravity... <laughs> I, um, I must say the horror films are like most of the ones where... It's them messing with your brain. It's them messing with your mind. It's them going, should you be scared? Should you not be scared? Is that it real? Kind of is, it is, not? is it not? Yeah, what yeah. was you know, kind of a kind of a what's it called? Psychological thriller kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I do, it's not like I'm against, you know, monster movies. I, I mean the thing, for example, is a fantastic film, but there's always a distance from what it is to reality because obviously that's kind of a um, you know, a morphic alien being that becomes other things and it's very easy when you see a film that you know is a horror film, right? yes. and they're doing that sort of grotesque horror. Yeah. You can just go, "This isn't real." You can distance. It's yeah. so yeah. it's so easy now. Once you've seen a few, I remember the very first horror film I saw, which was incredibly bad, which I saw recently. Uh, it was called The Fear. Resort. Yeah, Resort. Um, it was called The Fear. It was about this this like group of people who went to go and um, confront their fears. They went to fear therapy, so they went to this cabin, and the guy who's leading the therapy. Um, his biggest fear is this wooden mannequin that's actually in the cabin mm. and then the wooden mannequin comes to life and starts killing people um, and it's shit it's not scary at all once I remember I, but when I saw it when I was like 12 there's an episode of Buffy that deals with that mess <laughs> yeah um, and then I, then I saw the film Mannequin the classic 80s film Mannequin uh, and Mannequin 2 which was less good um, and yeah and that wasn't scary at all, because but there was, there was quite a lot of graphic horror in that yeah. when I was a kid. But then the more you see, it becomes so easy to distance yourself. And actually the ones that are still effective are those ones that prey on your... But there's also the sort of the unexpected. Yeah. There's something to be said for not quite knowing... Not exactly that it's a horror film, but I think the thing that really threw me was when I was watching Pan's Labyrinth. And he caves that guy's face in. Yeah. And I was just like... You know, like, because you don't expect it. I was just sat there for a few minutes. I thought, Jesus, what the hell just happened? And it was that kind of gruesome awfulness that you just sit there and it's kind of, it's too unexpected for you to have built up any kind of, I guess, resistance to it. And, like, the only other one which I thought could think of um, that I'd physically gone, apart from like needles and things, because I'm just not good with those anyway, but it was in Carrie, and I was fine all the way through the, the film, but then at the end, when, is it her mother, or she has like a knife through her palm, mm. like pinning her to a doorway, and to get away, she rips 
her yeah. hand away and it pulls the knife like through the side of her hat you know like she it's that kind of visceral blur. but uh, I think but that, the pan's labyrinth one was hands down I think there's, the, there's, there's something to be said for those small things isn't there like when you see someone's Fish hook and a lip. Yeah, there's, there's, when you see someone's jaw being ripped off or something like it's you know, jokey. Yeah, and like someone being split in half or someone like you know, if you, yeah. you watch the House of a Thousand Corpses, the guy who's like you know, half of them's a fish. And it's like it's so it's so far removed that you can't even it doesn't seem real. You can it, 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 it off. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But then when you see something like even in the black swan when she peels oh, the hand nail back and that that grossed me out. And yeah. Yeah, loads of things. But I mean, have you seen? If you think about sort of the great canon of the most horrific films ever, two but three that I sort of seen mm. bits of. I mean, I haven't seen all of this. Have you seen Serbian film? No. Have you heard about it? No. It's. I'd say it's the most grotesque film ever made. Um, fairly recently, it's about an out-of-work porn star who um, he's basically tricked into doing these horrendous acts, and I won't go into it because it, it, it doesn't deserve. Any kind of um, description, yeah, or merit any kind of. That's the most horrendous film I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and that and some of the things in there are just. It's it's how morally bankrupt it all is, and what's for the sake of getting the headlines. There's yeah. like literally no point to it. Not even within the film itself. There's there's no sense that it's going anywhere. That it's worth anything beyond smashing a baby's head with a foot pedal, or you know, yeah. you're kind of like, well, you just picked a whole load of things that people and will really hate, works. and then stitch them together into a film, literally, in the case of the human centipede. Yeah. Have you seen I Spit on Your Grave? No, I know of it, though. The remake or the original? I've only seen the original. It's still horrible. Yeah, it's kind of... I'm not sure it's it's, it's, it's horrendous, because it's so bad. Um, like, the initial scene, it just spends a lot of time doing... Basically, a woman is raped at the start, and, she, mm. and then she... They think she's... The, the people who raped her think she's killed herself. She goes on to... In a, a massive revenge fest and kills them all in a, mm-hmm. a bunch of various ways. And in the end, aimlessly raping one of them with a shotgun and then killing him. Um, and there's, there's, it tries to the worst. I think that's probably the worst film because it, it like, preaches this moral message. It's like huh. it's saying, you know, the, all these acts are equal when in um, actually in reality they're not. Um, and it spends a lot more time over the the rape. Um, which is, you know, perfectly plausible, as opposed to the murders, which are completely ridiculous. Mm. Uh, and there's something vile in that. There's something horrendously voyeuristic and bizarre. Um, but equally, I would actually say the worst thing I've ever seen on screen, um, worst moment, uh, William Dafoe having sex in Antichrist. I really liked Antichrist. Oy, I, thought, oy, oy, oy. I thought Antichrist was an amazing film, but it was just Willem Dafoe's face. I just can't handle his face. <laughs> Here's something that will freak you out as well that I found out about Willem Dafoe today. You know the polar bear from the Birds Eye adverts? Yeah. Willem Dafoe voices that really? polar bear. That's so. The creepy, creepy <laughs> polar bear. <laughs> yeah. God. Hello, Janine. <laughs> So Is that so? Yeah. Well, Facts. I learned something today. That's an yeah, awesome fact, isn't it? Every day in school, I, uh, When I think of like really grotesque horror, I think of, I think it was called The Catcher, mm. uh, which was a proper, you know, um, obviously it was baseball related. It was a proper VHS video, oh dear, let's not watch this one, oh we are, okay fine. Yeah. And it involved at one point, it's stuck in my mind, this guy, the evil, evil baseball guy, this baseball guy, being shoved inside a washing machine. Uh, and then he escapes. Um, mm. He's shot, and he, you can see him going, 
and blood spraying event. And that, the visceral images, again, that's exactly what I was thinking of when you were talking about the movie that you watched when you were nine, and then you watch it again and you go, isn't that, it isn't that great at all. But the stuff that still scares me, I recently watched this movie that hasn't been well-reviewed, but I actually quite liked it. It's called The Awakening, and it's got uh, Rebecca oh, Hall in it. And it's a, prop, it's a proper... She's like, so beautiful. She's, she's literally my <laughs> ideal woman. She, she should have been... Uh, Anne Hathaway's character in one day. So, uh, with with hands down, without a doubt. But she was made to be that character. Oh, just... But you know who you're talking about, you know? I bet she's so nice as well. I bet she's a very pleasant one. <laughs> anyway! <laughs> Back to horror. Rather than beauty. Sorry about that. It's okay. You can uh, take a moment if you want. Yeah, um, I need a moment. Yeah, so this, this, is, this is a movie about kind of a haunted house, okay? It is a haunted house. She is a, uh, what should we call it? professional debunker of uh, ghouls and all kind of made up shit that people <laughs> use to kind of fleece other people out of money or you know she she defrauds um, I'll beep up the wound yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll make it spooky <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway so she she is that but this is in like yeah. early 19th, uh, 20th century so it's quite interesting she goes to this old uh, kind of mansion house which is also a school and uses this old fashioned uh, uh, bits of kit like uh, that notice, like flash photography and stuff like that, but from back then. Anyway, that scared me, not because it was necessarily that horrific or gory or even that it was that good at scaring me, but when I watch certain American movies, you know when it's coming. You always yeah. know. It's always... Yeah, there's always... Um, but with this, it was just like, you thought, oh, I'm in a period drama. It's just like, oh, Mr. Jenkins, you're so blah, 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 and then bam, through the face of a pillow, out comes a child's face, snaps, and it comes back in again. Oh and you just don't see it coming. But I find too much now with horror. I just know where the beats are. Yeah. I know when it's coming. Yeah. Exactly. That's the thing what are I was all... saying with Pat, what I was saying that I was yeah. saying with Pan's Labyrinth. You don't have time to yeah. like prepare yourself. But I mean when but, but sorry, it's between two genres. Pan's Labyrinth yeah. is kind of a fantasy film, so you're watching this kind of magic realism movie and that's where your mind is in. Yeah. And then you get settled into that. And with this movie, I was settled into period drama, bonnets and braces kind of thing. And yeah. then horror. And that's what I loved about it. Is I, I, I got complacent in another genre's cliches. Yeah. And then it hit me with the scares. Yeah, I think also, often you see that with horror films. There seem to be, to me, two types of horror films. The those that are just graphic and horrendous. Yeah. A la Hostel. Yeah. Um, so those time. Um, human centipede. Well, it's physical creeps versus psychological Yeah, psychological. And those... It? Psychological creeps are the ones that everyone fawns over and goes, yeah. oh, oh, but Paranormal Activity wasn't scary. I haven't seen it. It's not scary. I I'm sit, not good with scary I, I'm, I, I was, I'm, you know, I bitched out during the, the Blair Witch Project and I had to leave the house. I, I remember the first really? watching it when I was 16. I just 16. watched it, I was fine. When I was 16, I really had to go and like have a little will of myself. <laughs> I've always been quite receptive to horror movies anyway. But, um, and then you, so you get those ones, which are either usually, you know, ghosts or they're sort of biblical nature in some way and there seems to be this very big it's almost like a dichotomy you're either that or the other and one's perfectly accepted and one's not and the ones that aren't are just you know subject to the kind of abuse that maybe maybe sometimes they don't merit but do you think it is a race to the bottom because i don't really i think it's just a case of Every time this... Can I just apologise, by the way, for picking up any background noise? There's a, an aerobics lesson going on next door because we work with a car company that has aerobics lessons. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't necessarily think it's a race to the bottom because I think it's very much that 
directors will always try and take advantage of the technology at the time, so they'll try and like make everything look really realistic in the case of like the physical scares, and with the psychological ones, it will sort of like try more and more to integrate that into your, I, I guess your like your world view and stuff like with CCTV or yeah. you know that kind mm. of thing. But I think yeah, you will always go to the cinema knowing that you're not watching a documentary, and yeah. therein yeah. you can always <clears throat> find that distance. Whether you're good or bad with scary films, you will always be able to go find that guy is chopping other people up. But I find it very difficult to be like morally outraged about yeah. it. Yeah in the way that you can be about, I don't know, like Gaddafi's dead body being on the front page or everything. So it's kind of, I do struggle to understand where people are coming from when they're sat there going, this is terrible, this is dreadful, you know, how dare you be subjecting our children to this. I think that's just, it's the tabloid narrative that they've decided to do, because I mean, everything, everything has to be erased at the bottom, everything's a slippery slope with the tabloid. Yeah. So and actually, if they if they spent ten minutes on Wikipedia or IMDb, you can find some horrifically graphic, cut them up, slash them stuff. Going back to, you know, pretty much as soon as we had sort of coloured yeah. TV, it was, <laughs> and it was worth slashing people. It's up, just not that just... we look at it through <laughs> what we see now, and it doesn't seem as realistic because the effects aren't very good or yeah. whatever. So you look at it and go, oh, it wasn't very good back then, but it was just kind of like actually they achieved the same effect. It's just that. Because we've changed and our yeah. expectations yeah. have changed, it feels different. That's exactly. a very good point. Yeah, because one of the first film and cinemas was that train coming towards them. Yeah. And people ran out of the cinema because they thought they were going to get mown down by a train. Yeah. Whereas now we just sit there and go, ah, oh, it's oh, fine. You know? I see. Oh, very good. Yeah. But yeah, I find horror a difficult genre generally because uh, part of me still thinks it's a very rare occasion where I go, I want to be scared today. Yeah. yeah. Today I want to feel scared. Uh, and it's very rare that actually a horror film. I mean, I know exactly what you mean. That predictive beat thing. You know when the scares are coming. Even with, even with the things like, um, what's they called? Paranormal activity. Paranormal activity. Yeah, change. I can feel the beats. You can, yeah. you can feel the beats there, and it's so obvious, and it's so. The problem with having a soundtrack as well is so. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely you. right. That paranormal activity wow. would be so much scarier if you didn't have a soundtrack. Yeah, like if they just had normal house noises. And or yet, at the same time. So much of cinema's scariest moments are music. I notice this especially with the Eli Roth movies. He absolutely goes to town with it. You're not scared because of what you're seeing necessarily. You're scared from the. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, he's another one who makes horror films for horror movie goers. Though, I mean, what was the last one he did? The Last Exorcism. Yes, which was more a kind of. It wasn't really a horror film, but it was a sort of um, a kind of dissection of this guy and sort of yeah. he's on film so he wants to be the hero and actually it's, it's showing how far he'll go to be the hero the, the kind of the exorcism is kind of less relevant yeah it's, it's just kind of a, it's kind of mise-en-scene mm-hmm. ah, mise-en-scene gross we need to stop I just said mise-en-scene <laughs> <laughs> what is it guy? drink yeah ugh. I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry everyone he's um, lapsed into French yeah I'm sorry <laughs>
<laughs> That's perfect. Uh, by perfect, I mean it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> by perfect, you mean we've got no budget for anything else. Um, so this is the homework section where the asylum editors uh, set each other uh, cultural homework to do during the week. We pick either a film or comic, anything that we feel might enrich our lives, uh, and the other two go away and probably the one who sets it, go away and read it or watch it or, you know... Experience it. it. Uh, Absorb it. And then we talk about it. And you can join in as well at home if you want to, um, you know, we'll tell you what to read or watch and you can get it and you can join in the debate afterwards. Which, you know, that might make it more interactive and things. And that's a word that people use these days, isn't it? Interactive. People say interactive. That and on set all the time. generated content, maybe. <laughs> yeah. uh, and as we pointed out before today's homework Twilight. was the original Twilight book. And now... Paul was going to tell us a little, give us a bit of background on. Um, I thought it would be interesting to do it, mostly because the new film's coming out, but also because I didn't think any of us had ever read it, and I mean, I've been actively avoiding it because it felt like a real girl. It just felt like such a cliche to be all, you know, oh, I'm reading Twilight, or, you know, that bloody Robert Pattinson girl crush shenanigans. Um, also, I was slightly turned off it by the fact that I was once on the tube and a gentleman who was reading the book rested it on my head. So, um... <laughs> what a well, because he needed somewhere to put it whilst he well, got he his flies up, was... or what? Thank you. <laughs> was it, was it, yeah. was it forehead or back of Good question, forehead or back of head. head. Were you, <laughs> were you sitting and he was standing? No, we were both standing and he was just using me as a book rest. Whilst he read? Yeah. What a so, terrible human. Yeah, I, I did a bit of elbow jabbing to make sure that that stopped happening pretty quickly. Anyway, all by the by. So, um, the first Twilight book, if you've managed not to hear about it or whatever, is uh, character Bella Swan arrives in a small town in Washington State and, and meets up with this guy, Edward, amongst other people, and he turns out to be a vampire and then they fall in love. Spoilers! He also turns out to be really, really fit. Really dreamy. Really fit. And he fit. sparkles in the sunshine. Um, no, I think you'll find he has a perfect face. Yeah, a perfect stone angel face. Stone <laughs> angel. Oh, uh, come on. This is... Let's not be cynical. Come let's on. not cheapen this. What did um, you think, um, Philippa? What was, your, uh, what was your initial... It honestly wasn't as bad as I was expecting. That's I think, the worrying is the thing, problem. isn't it? It's not that but bad. But it's very fan fiction adjacent. Yes, yeah. I would say exactly. That. There's a lot of I was um, in my. <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with fan fiction in that it's absolutely hilarious, but. Whenever you tell people that you read fan fiction, you then have to explain that it's because you think it's hilarious rather than because you're a shut-in. Um, and generally what fan fiction is as well. Yeah, as well. And then you are stuck in a world where... The conversation's in a cul-de-sac and you can't get out of it. Yeah, essentially. And then you sort of say, so, do you watch the sport last night? <laughs> and then it's all very awful. Um, I think... <laughs> so when I was reading a lot of fan fiction because I was quite unemployed and it was a good way to pass the time, I was concocting like a drinking game and it's, you know, there's things like somebody's eyes changing colour with their emotions. You know, that's classic fan fiction. And that happens throughout the whole book. 
it's so I just I think the thing I cringe find, yeah the thing I find I have most trouble with is her she can she's sometimes she writes fine I mean you'd never say she's whole paragraphs at a time yeah you know, like <laughs> this fine. is readable this I is understand fine. what's going on um, but equal, what I think is most amazing about it is that it's incredibly it's quite long and quite boring like not much happens at all Mm. Um, and it's an incredible sort of introduction to uh, patience, which is a good like lesson for any reader to for any Delayed reader to. Gratification. I, yeah, exactly. I came to this. Yeah. Delayed until you read a different book. <laughs> until you're married. Until you're married. Oh, that yes. Mm. Uh, I mean, I came to this book after reading um, Haruki Murakami's new books, the, all three of them back to back. Oh really? Um, Nine hundred odd pages, more than that of. Haruki Marakami, and actually, bizarrely, him and her have a similar sort of beat. Like, they're paced at about the same sort of thing. Obviously, he's a much better writer, and it's, you know, a lot more interesting. But, um... It wasn't as much of a jolt as you thought. Yeah, like, I mean, she just uses incredibly weird, jarring words, and her turn of phrase is sometimes just bizarre, and I just think... I appreciate she's writing as a 16, 17-year-old girl, and I... She's not writing as one. I mean, yeah, she is, but she's not. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't allow her to write My badly. experience of yeah. being a 16-year-old girl doesn't tally particularly with this. I mean... When you had crushes on guys, the hottest guy you ever met when you were 15, mm. 16, imagine it. Don't look at us. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, stop looking at me. This is uncomfortable. Anyway, so you imagine him. Did you ever oh, think Ali. of a guy... Did you ever think of a guy in these terms? And I know he's a vampire. I think you... You do feel very much like they're perfect and they can do no wrong and then you look back at the photos of you all at school or whatever and think, oh God, what was wrong with me? Um, I think you very much view them through the prism of love as you understand it in your tiny hormone-addled brain. Um, And there are some things, but it's kind of... It feels very wish-fulfillment-y. Like, you... There's so much in the book that's very much when you feel that strongly about somebody else you want the safety of knowing that they feel that too and you will never get that from a teenage boy you just won't and they probably wouldn't ever get it from you so but this is what happens in the book like edward is so um mature i guess and so um (laughs) but you know and so articulate emotionally it's just it doesn't ring true it's so jarring because you're kind of like this is kind of what you thought you wanted when you were yeah. a teenager, having like all of these, oh, I really love you after like two dates or whatever, and have them say it back and mean it and it to be this great epic love story. But that's kind of just not how the world works. And that's, I think that's why it's young adult rather than adult fiction because that's it's for a time when you believe those things to be true rather than when you're a grown up and you're, you you're taking know this quite seriously not. I was expecting people us three to sit here and properly put the knife in but you're actually <laughs> you're taking on its merits and taking it for what it's worth and, no, it's a good, I mean that's a good thing for me my point is would be in, in these terms of you know yeah. fantasy about a man and you know yeah. I wouldn't even go so far as to say, oh, it's 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 forgivable or it's a, it's a good thing mm. because she's inhabiting this 15-year-old's mind. It is worrying that this is a, a book that's worshipped and adored and yeah. reread and reread and reread by not just 15-year-olds, but 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds and angry, sad 50-year-olds will be reading this book. And it's... This is and rich for a man to say. to live in that world and, and writing want, the fan fiction yeah. for that world. Well, that's true. But their approach to this guy 
makes sparkles me, makes me wonder whether any man can live up to that. Can live up to that. <laughs> and I know this is rich coming from the hypersexualized world that we live in, where women are all meant to walk around like Giselle Boulogne or whatever. But mm. the way he's described, he's gross. The you know Chiseled. incredibly muscled. Oh, gorgeously, whatever, and just he's kind of... He's musical, and he's fast, and what he's is, strong, and he's protective, and he's got restraint, but he's lovely, and he's sexy, and he's <laughs> he wants to, He wants to bag my neck. I know. In a sexy way. Yeah. What I like about it is that, obviously, she thinks that that bears repeating as well, because I think the words beautiful face come up in it maybe a thousand times. Angel is Angel. so repetitive. This book feels like it needed about five more edits. passes for the edit. Yeah. Um, the red pen... I think the editor just went... Fine. You don't know how much they cut. Yeah. Obviously they didn't cut enough because there's like five books of the day. I I picked out a few words here. Can I just before, while you find Me first, me first, me first, me first. Bogusly. Bogusly? Yeah. Yeah. Bill and Ted. I was like, what? Bogus? A few bogusly, I was like, insincere? I don't know, anything other than, anything other than. You're as bad as her. But what I was going to say just quickly was there are like some hugely jarring bits that are so self-conscious as well. Like there's a bit where Bella can't sleep, so she's going to take some like cold medication to like get that drowsiness that she can't get because she's too busy thinking about this wonderful stone angel man. Um, and he, she, like she spends about two paragraphs going. I only ever do this when it's a real necessity and I wouldn't advise it for medical reasons. <laughs> you know, it's like, who are you talking to? Why are you justifying it to yourself? And it's just that whole I kind of... I took some nightmares yeah. twice as much as what I saw on the label. Fuck you. Oh, I, I, took, I took the not non-drowsy Benadryl. Deal with it, the man. You know, it's like, really, you just... You, oh, it's that sort of self-consciousness that uh, I just... Yeah. And sort of, I guess, cynicism because maybe. it's so... Gear, you know, it's like I'm, I'm. This is going to be a hit, and I don't want to be accused of, you know, leading any young people astray. Kind of, I, and that no, sounds for me, it feels bad like from it, my part. This book was written by a four-year-old lady who is writing for people who are young, trying yeah. to encourage them to be. I'm like, this is abstinent. Yeah, abstinent. That's what I hear. It's what I'm, what I'm told. But at the same time, her fantasy with men jars horribly with this whole concept of, you know, don't have sex underage but at the same time, obsess horrifically over men. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, that's, that's the other problem, is it? Is men it? and women are spent all their time staring at each other. Why don't you just do something else a bit? She, also, she is a character. She's appalling. She doesn't do yeah. anything. Yeah. There's nothing but, to her. But she's, she's like, set up as being so much better than all her vapid friends who are, like, going about living their lives and doing being, things. Yeah, it's kind of like, really? She, they just uh, wound me up. Also, also... She starts off going, oh, blah, 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 school, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I hate maths. It's like, that was so gratuitous in a kind of like, we all hate maths, don't we, teenage girls? And I was just sat there going, okay, fine. If Bella is at some point going to be in mortal danger because she couldn't put together a budget spreadsheet, then that has some bearing on the plot. But given that it doesn't, it felt like such a cheap shot. And I know I'm trying to fly the flag for the fact that I'm a massive statistics and maths geek, but my god, it was a cheap-ass thing. The problem I have is that she she does seem incredibly vapid. I'm very sorry. but the way she's defined, it's all in relation to him. Like, everything about him. Yeah. yeah. And 
I just think it's an incredibly... I appreciate she's she's a Mormon, and so maybe her views and opinions come across in a latent way. Maybe she doesn't... But her uh, maybe, mother does it as well. She's off gallivanting around the country, but trailing after yeah, a and man. I mean, there are very obviously blunt ways in which she does it. I mean, the, the fact that she calls her dad Charlie the whole way through it because she you know, doesn't feel a bond with him, and that's a very lumpy uh, and sort of gratuitous thing to do. Mm. Um, and there are it's sort of... style. Yeah, um, and there are things about that you know ideologically, I would I would feel uncomfortable with giving it to to sort of certainly any child of mine uh, if I had any sort of um, female children. But I don't think I'm not sure that abstinence is an incredibly I think it's an incredibly bad idea. I just don't think it suits to live in this way is extraordinary. Yeah, I don't think anybody who wasn't aware that this was meant to be for abstinence would read this and go, mm, "Well, she I'm not says aware. that it wasn't interestingly, but it so clearly is." Either it is, or it's so from her own point of view that she can't, mm. that she did Literally. it without realising. Yeah. But the whole thing, it's to do with him not biting her and them not Boning. shagging. Boning. Yeah. Why, do, why do they avoid that? I mean, Humping, what, like... Just, does anyone Jack know rabbits. what actually happens? Do they do they hump eventually? They do, they but do after they're married, married which and is then, in the new one. Why do they do they have to Spoilers! Big spoilers. She gets pregnant with Vampire Baby. Now yeah. bear in mind that she... This is all in the trailer, actually. She, she, want, she film, wants to be it? a vampire for, throughout meeting him. She yeah. just wants, I want to be a vampire, I want to be a vampire, I want to be part of your game. Why does she want to be a vampire? Why does she want to be a vampire? Live forever. Because uh, yeah, you can boy. play baseball really well. Really strong. Uh, you don't have to worry about any makeup because you're always white. But essentially it's because she always wants to be with him. It's oh, yeah, not for anything. Up. It's not so that she can finish working on her Nobel treatise. Ju- it's to hang out with him. For are the you rest just of time. are you guys not just pure bitter because you haven't found this kind of amazing Completely tr- transcendent love. Oh yeah. I have, but Totes. you know, he loves me so much. Do you think actually do you think it's entirely <laughs> oh, this is awkward, he's not reciprocating. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to kind of breeze past it. Uh, <laughs> equally, I've, I just don't think I've ever met anyone who... Uh, you know those couples who get together at high school? Yeah. Yes, and at the time they get together, sure, you know, they seem fairly equal. But as they get older, you always see one that seems to end up, like, <laughs> you know, massively resenting the other one because they become loads more and the other one's kind of just kind of gone, just don't leave me. Yeah. Don't leave me. Close in. Yeah. We're soulmates. Remember, we met at school, and like you, you meet those couples, and I, I meet them on a regular basis, and you think, dear Ollie's friends, he's constantly judging you and your relationship. What I'm, gonna, I'm just, what I'm trying to do is find the girl I had a massive crush on in high school and show you her, and now she's. Lit. He's on Facebook, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a truck. He's crawling through an ice, a bag of ice. <laughs> he's, show, he's showing us. Oh, is oh, that, is, oh, Ollie. Is that, oh no. Is that someone's face? <laughs> oh, this is misfits all anyway, over again. I can't find it. But anyway, um, I just, I uh, yeah, I think there's. I mean, there's lots to be said. I think there's lots to be said for it. There's there's far more offensive. I really thought this was going to be worse. I'll say this much. Yeah. This book is actually, dare I say, readable. Some of the uh, some of the way she writes and you know the stylistic turns of phrase are really jarring. We've discussed this. Yeah. But by and large, it's fine. I just think for a guy, it's, Ollie, I think you read me. It's a worrying read. It's yeah, it exactly. It feels more like a beach read than I'm, something to be taken as seriously as it has been, though. Yeah, it's 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 awkward because yeah. for me, I'm as a as a as a man as a dude. who was an adolescent man, like girls are being given the most improbable sort of yeah. male like fantasy yeah. role model and 
I, I don't know a man that lives up to that, or maybe one. Can you imagine? You look at the... Um, Not me. Uh, 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 sparkles, and then you look at the men on the Young Apprentice. But even... even yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you but just sat there this does not compute. But the thing people. is, even Robert Pattinson, right, even Robert Pattinson, who is, you know, a very good-looking good looking man, guy. very charming... Not with the current beard, I haven't must seen be it. said. Um, even, you know, very charming, very funny in interviews. Yeah. He, he doesn't stand up to the man in this book. No, because he's built like a tank in the book. He's built like a some kind of walking mega robot. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I guess he was cast because he was got a bit of a pale face and did that brooding look. He's got very a good well. jaw. Good jaw, I guess. But in this book, he, he's, he's like you know every single heroic hunk made to you know ever made. He's, mm. he's an incredible delight. Um, it is a fan fiction wish fulfillment fantasy. Yeah. There you go. It just is. But it's it got just, published and now it's, it's quite huge. sad that yeah. that was written by a 40 year old woman. I think that's the kind of almost tragic thing behind it. Because I mean, she obviously still pines for her. That's the thing I get from it anyway. She obviously still pines for those like high school days. <laughs> and kind Whereas of. Whereas the rest of them are so of us are so glad that they're over. It's yeah, unreal. Jesus Christ. But who would be a teenager for the rest of time? Seriously. That's a very good point. Should we end it there? <laughs> so, and then homework for next week. It is uh, the film Hidden, the 2005 film Hidden by, uh, it's Michael Haneke. Is it Haneke? Haneke? Haneke. No idea. Uh, French film. Amazing. Uh, I'll be sending you both files later. Sorry. For you to watch during the week. What's it about? Uh, it's about a man who is a, he's a French book critic on TV and he keeps getting sent videos. How does he feel about Twilight? Of the outside of his house being filmed. I should imagine he really doesn't like it. <laughs> uh, no Twilight. Uh, and then we'll see how it goes. Je déteste Twilight. <laughs> so it, well, is that a horror film or a thriller? No, no, it's... Um, it I, sounds like it's a thriller. One of, no, it's not even a thriller. Um, it's, um, it's, it's a boring film? No, it's, it's actually a bit tent... Uh, sort of taut, suspenseful, but um, like a Hitchcock movie. Um, no, it's it's it's. In that, <laughs> we should probably watch it. In that in that sort of typical international cinema, this is you no know, does not conform to your genre stereotypes. Canal this is a, this Plus. Is a, yeah, this is a film about. <laughs> <laughs> this is a film about films. Uh, is there any parting words for Stephanie Mayer before we go? Uh, good luck uh, with the next book. Stop it. She's a Mormon, isn't she? She is. Do you think her and Donny Osmond are friends? Yes. All of them are friends. It's like Scientology. Can I have the Welcome to the quiz start over. Uh, well, pause it. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, right, sandwiches. Um, <laughs> welcome to the quiz section of the Asylum podcast. Uh, the quiz known as Guess the Definition of the Wantonly Arcane Word, which Ollie has looked up on the internet. Uh, joining us as ever are Philip War and Alistair Plum. Hello. And today's first word, actually, we're going to go in order of who has the nicest shoes on. Um, I think we're both wearing pretty basic shoes. I've got yeah. some Tiger Asics. I've got some uh, Converse. Gonna go with the Asics. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to do that. I'm gonna tell you, mm-hmm. navy blue, navy blue low. I mean, these these aren't even trying to be Converse. They're low maintenance. Uh, right, first word is decarnate. Decarnate. It's actually a noun. Oh. As in a decarnate. I'm thinking of carnal, so sexually naughty, uh, or just sexual, which is naughty, as Stephanie Meyer would say. I <laughs> would say a decarnate is somebody who is like a depraved, naughty, sexy person, like a, like a pervert. It's a, it's a good, good, good try. Um, something without a carnate. 
Are you going to ask me to be a bit more specific yeah, no, about well, that? Well, um, is it a heart, maybe, or something? Or? So, okay, so sexy person and someone without a heart. Um, I'm going to give it to Philippa because a decarnate is, is an entity without a body. Ooh. Such as a post-biological entity or a, uh, a ghost. Or, uh, are you enjoying that? No, I am. I think it's a good, I think it's a good question. I like. Urinism. Urinism. Yep. Well, obviously you want to say this, you know, obsession with this is urine. Na- this is gay again. <laughs> Sorry, I've just given it away. That's a noun. It means gay. Um, damn. <laughs> Do you get the point for that? Yeah. No, <laughs> all right. Well, it's one, one, two. Oh, uh, there's one all. Sorry, uh, it's start two this week, so you can only really draw. Sorry, uh, I'll come up with another one. Okay, no, actually. I'll Hang put... on, I'm in the lead. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I can only lose. This is it's falling apart. <laughs> I'll come up with one on my head. Uh, Hadaraya. What? H a d e h a r i a. Um, the shape of a shark. Shape of a shark. Hadaraya, I think it is the goddess of furniture. Um, right, I don't know who to give it to because let's decide between us. Um, because it's a person who uses the word hell in in discourse. Oh, like Hades and that. Yeah, they use it a lot during oh, the right. week. There's a god bit in your. Yeah, there you go. There so you go. All. Uh, last word is impecunious. Someone who's tight. Someone who's tight. Impecunious. Impecunious. Resistant to coffee. <laughs> As in, cannot be percolated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's to have no money. Uh, I thought it was. So, well, tight is good. It's money, yeah. So, yeah. So two words for the war. There you go, incredibly middle class Latin education. Did you and really? also not being able to do that hand slapping. Yeah, that. Yeah, and that's down to my. <laughs> that's very, my middle class education as well. That's then. down to my very yeah. working class. Latin baby. Education. Anyway, thank you very much. Uh, apologies for the shambles that was the quiz. Uh, <laughs> what's that in the series now? That's she's pulling away, isn't she? Like six, 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 two, six two. Six two. Six two. Uh, six two to Philip War, uh, two more, and you get shaved, mate, head to tail. Yummy, lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> and then lucky winners on an asylum competition can win the hair. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, a lot of hair, you will need to uh, bring a pillowcase. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, if you want to tell us anything about Twilight, feel free to comment on our SoundCloud or feel free to comment on the post itself. Or drop uh, us a tweet. Yeah. At, at Asylum UK. That Ooh. is it. At Asylum UK. Uh, and we will chat back to you. Or if you want to maybe hashtag a tweet with the Notcast, I'll set up. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that might be and cool. And who are we on Twitter? Uh, I'm the Ollie Jones. I'm at Philippa War. I'm... It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it does. Oh, all right. At Ali Plum, one word. Oh, isn't this great? Look at us getting our Twitter handles out there. Yeah, it's a big there we are. Anyway, yeah, there we're we are. We're this social media business. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to be involved in next week's homework, it's... Call us! Uh, Michael Haneke is hidden. Or cachet. That's the French. Anyway, yeah, you should go now. Bye!